Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Sabres Live, uh, we're close to you all the time just because you join us, and we thank you for that. Uh, Dunleavy <laughs> and Baron, uh, Brian Duff, as you saw, is in transit somewhere, and obviously that's uh, probably a rock and roll show, and he'll have all the stories for it when he gets back. Yes. In the meantime, um, uh, more on the W teams and uh, Sabres memories, and uh, Duffer will get to that in a moment with his take on it. Then we'll get Marty's take on uh, his connections and, and memories and uh, there's one that's pretty obvious, and I'm sure there's others that will maybe be uh, not so obvious to the rest of us, and Marty can share a story or two. So that's what we're aiming for here. Also, remind you some of the announcements that the team made today, and they're rather significant. And I think um, aside from single-game tickets being available today, the other significant announcement for many people who loved what the team did in the black and red jerseys last season and were hoping they would be back, uh, they are back. 15 games worth that uh, they will be back, and um, looking forward to that. Hopefully they're not all on the national broadcast. Maybe we get some. On the uh, well, the first one is not on the national broadcast. The first that. one is on October 21st against the New York Islanders here at home. So, Good. and then um, obviously there is going to be 15 of them. So that's great. Just quickly, because they did announce hockey theme nights uh, are going to be back with the Sabres. So home opener, obviously that's a theme night. Black and red, back in black and red, that's October 21st. That's a theme night. Happy Halloween on October 29th is a theme night. Occupied Cancer is November 10th. Na- Native American Heritage Night is December 5th. That's always a big one. Winterfest is happening. Kids Takeover Day as well. Sabertooth's birthday, uh, Military Appreciation Night, Hockey, Youth Hockey Day, and Choose Love Night the and Pride Night. I mean, I, I keep reading them, and there's more and more and more, which is awesome. Those theme nights are always great. Yeah, it's all about being a good person, right, and sharing hockey with everybody. Dingus Day just, celebration. Sorry, no, I, I didn't want to cut you up. That's they, on my list, too. They are all really important. I'm assuming we're shaving our heads again. I haven't heard anything official on that. But yeah. I will say that, um, in all honesty, if I was asked to pick one, and I wasn't, but kids day to me is always the one that brings out the reminder of what it was like to be a young hockey fan and just love the game and really not care about all the discussion around it. Although kids today can have quite the discussion as you would know uh, about player stats and everything else that, as you mentioned before, we didn't have a lot of that when we were growing up around hockey, you'd watch the game on Wednesday, Friday, or Saturday night, and then you would probably not even read about it in the paper because you were just so excited to wait for the next game, and you just kind of left it. But now everything builds forward. So Kids Day for me, 
I remember the PA announcer that sat in last oh, year yeah. was outstanding. Uh, I wish I could remember the young man's name right now, but he came into the booth and visited with me a few times. And I just told him, just go be yourself. This is your moment to shine. And he let everyone hear him oh, through the entire. He had a lot of presence. goals to call too, which was awesome. <laughs> it was great. All right. So looking forward to that uh, really quickly before we get to Winnipeg. Yep. Marty, uh, for those that don't know Jerry Meehan, you've talked about him on the show and you've had him on the show. I had never really had five minutes with Mr. Meehan. Um, as I'm off to grow up and refer to somebody, but at the Sabres alumni golf tournament, uh, to my delight, I showed up and there was a golf cart with his name on it and mine as well. So I rode for 18 holes with Jerry me and, and obviously the number of stories he has around and about this hockey team, which he is a true historian because he is uh, a big reason for much of the history of the team was just a delight. Um, that being said, what can you tell today's generation of fans of what Jerry me means to the Buffalo Sabres organization? When you look back at the history of this team, well, obviously, Jerry Meehan's the one that uh, materialized the Dominic Hasek trade, right? So that was a big one. And and when you were a GM in the 80s and early 90s and 70s before that, like you had to go and really dig to find talent elsewhere because we remember like the Montreal Canadiens basically own Quebec. They got all their talent yeah. from Quebec and they were, they, they build fences around Quebec. So nobody would know who the players are. And, you know, the Sabres were able, able to get Gilbert Perrault and the French connection, but that's what Montreal would do. And, and, and Boston would have the, the Northeast and Minnesota would grab all those kids up there. But, you know, you had to really work to get players. And so what Jeremy Ian was able to do is find talent when he went to scout the Olympics and the world championships. And he had seen Dominic Hasek before and he's like, he's going to be really good. We need him. And then the deal happened with Chicago and Winnipeg, the three-way deal that Hasek came in and it changed the franchise. Like a deal like that for Jeremy Ian changed the franchise. The Alexander McGillney, right? Having to go and get McGillney. Like that story alone is a book. Like the, the fact that McGillney defected and they had to drive through the night and all of that. I remember reading about the Stesny brothers. Uh, they left Czechoslovakia at the time and then traveled through the nights in the mountains to go to Austria, to go to the Canadian consulate, to be able to get sent over. Like there, it was dangerous. Now, I mean, I wouldn't think that Kevin Adams is going to go and into war Ukraine, Russia to pull somebody out personally like get somebody out of there like you don't do that but back then you had to do crazy reckless things and Jeremy Ian had to do a few of those things and that's why he was able to gather so much talent in the late 80s early 90s yeah and and still just so aware of what's going on around the game too um and what was actually most interesting and touching and just about hockey relationships or any business where you have a good relationship with people you work with and it's something you treasure because they don't often they don't always come to you but when uh Pierre Turgeon I'd mentioned to him that I had been with Jerry Meehan all day and it was the first time I had a <laughs> chance he's he's here and then the two of them yeah. met and it was one of the longest hugs of the entire day just the pure joy of seeing one another those two um was a real highlight I'll never forget that moment I had nothing to do with you know hockey and in the moment it was just two people who really had a ton of respect and and really love for one another that they saw each other again so it was really it was an awesome moment for me. I just wanted to share that because uh, Jerry's a really, you know him. I just barely got to know him for 18 holes. And what he's, a good man. He's one of those, like I talk about, like having our Sabres alumni meetings, the board meetings. And when 
voices like Don Luce and Larry Playfair yeah. talk. I listen. Jeremy Ian, when he talks, you listen. He did mention like he he brought up like you know the younger generation to continue to help with the Sabres alumni and the programs and everything that we do. And we have a lot of young retired players that are still involved in it. So that is great. Uh, but he is fantastic. Go I quickly Googled Jeremy Ian McGilney, right? And there's a Sabres link to a story that was written a few years ago about how Don Luce and Jerry Meehan, um, you know, basically went and got McGilney after the world championship, how they met and everything. So it's pretty interesting. Yes, it is. All right. So I took up uh, some time there, but I thought uh, Mr. Meehan would be worth it. And yes. I still believe he is. So I'd like to move on to the next W team that Brian put some work into Brian Duff, once again, discussing his, uh, Sabres connections with teams around the National Hockey League. The W first team was Washington. This will be Brian's thoughts on the Sabres history with the Winnipeg Jets. While they came from another league, they would eventually become the Coyotes. They have been known as the Thrashers, but we're only going to focus on the Jets portion of Winnipeg's history, which is now twice in the NHL. And the most recent one, the Sabres have been okay against this current form of Jets, 10, 13, and 2. And that's from the 2011-12 season up until now. Kyle Opozo, the captain, is the current leader of the group against this uh, new era Jets. 10 points in 12 games. But goaltending's been interesting. Robin Leonard, the only one to have modest success, 2-0 lifetime against uh, Winnipeg. The February 23rd game, though, of 2020 might be the most memorable goaltending performance we've seen from Buffalo against the current Jets because it netted Jonas Johansson. His first NHL win. He stopped 25 and 26 on the Sunday afternoon day at Key Bank. Kyle Oposo scored both goals and they won two to one. Super special day for Jonas, of course. Now, whether it's the new Jets or the old Jets, playoff success has been extremely elusive for this group. Both uh, incarnations of the team, if you will, only one trip to the conference finals. It happened in 2018 for them when they lost to expansion. Vegas from 7980 when the Jets came in from the WHA to 1995-96 man the Sabres feasted on them 30 12 and 4 against the Winnipeg team that didn't seem to carry over much of what they had done well in the WHA there were three-time Avco Cup champs in the league um but as we all know of the four teams that moved into the NHL from the WHA, Edmonton had the most success. Of course, Quebec ultimately had success in Denver after the move, and Hartford had success in Carolina after the move, but it's uh, Winnipeg that's the lone handout, holdout, pardon me, that hasn't had any success when it comes to championships. As far as player connections and player scoring, um, this one's interesting. Phil Housley, 14 goals, 33 points in 23 games against Winnipeg. No wonder the Jets wanted to acquire him in the Howard Chuck deal. Uh, Danny Gare, 12 goals, nine games versus Winnipeg. McGillney, 10 goals in nine games. And I believe at least one shot that uh, rifled off the portrait of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, we'll have to go with that and assume that it's uh, deeply embedded in, in Sabres lore, but, uh, God save the queen, as they say. Sabres had nine hat-tricks versus Winnipeg all-time. McGillney with a couple. Gare with a couple. Howardchuk, Housley, Gilles Hamel, his first and only one. That was in 1983. Real Cluche had 27 between the WHA and the NHL, but his last one came with the Sabres, and that was in 1984 against Winnipeg. And Jim Schoenfeld, not noted for his scoring, had his first and only hat-trick 
in March of 1981. On that note, Marty and Dan, there have been seven hat tricks by Sabres defensemen in franchise history. Housley with two, Van Boxmere, Hanno Verta, Jerry Korab, Rasmus Ristolainen, and the aforementioned Shoney trick versus the Jets. Marty, I look forward to your game-by-game career against Winnipeg. And if you did, in fact, find some success. Well, no, there's not going to be a game-by-game uh, breakdown of my lack of success or success against the Winnipeg Jets, so we're going to forget about that. Um, but I'll tell you this, Dan, the Queen. There was that big picture of the Queen at the one end of the old Winnipeg Jets arena, and I remember in 95-96 when I got called up to the Sabres as an 18-year-old. That's the first game that Hasek came back after being hurt. So I sat out, right? And the puck did not hit the picture of the Queen, but I remember being sit like sitting in the nosebleed, and I don't remember who I was sitting with, but between the two of us, there was one empty seat. And in warm-ups, a puck came up and smashed that wooden seat in half. Like, you know, because there was no netting around anywhere. And right. in warm-ups, pucks would fly everywhere. So this guy took a slap shot off the crossbar, and it came zooming right up, and it hit the seat between us. That's what I remember of the old Winnipeg Arena. Yeah, and uh, just one of the rinks that you can't replace. And yes, the the picture of the Queen. I mean, in in Canada, we'd have a, a commentator by the name of Don Cherry who would always bring that up, right? Don yeah. would always point out. <laughs> well, that was really common in Canada and all the local rinks. You always had yeah. the Canadian flag and a picture of the Queen oh, yeah. everywhere. You, if you grew up in Ontario, you'd go to all the little rinks that'd be a picture of the Queen. There's still oh, some rinks that have yep. the picture of the Queen, even though. I mean, she's passed on, and now there's a yeah. king, but there's still a picture of the queen in some rinks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did in the old Georgetown rink as well. I don't yeah. think you ever oh, made yeah. it to the Georgetown Memorial. Did you? No, I never no. gone to Georgetown. They they yeah. have a team in the uh, OJHL, I believe they do still. Probably, yes. Yeah. So. All right, Marty. Um, so fewer thoughts on Winnipeg than Washington, which is interesting, given that the history of Winnipeg, as Brian mentioned, is – in, back, and then out, and then back in again as far as that whole history around, you know, movement and different teams and different locations and coming back into the game. And I remember being in Winnipeg when uh, it was announced they were coming back into the game and the yeah. city was absolutely just going crazy over it. Um, the arena seats, what? I don't want to get the number wrong, but about 15 or 15, so. 15,000, right a little over 15, yeah. 15 or so. And I can tell you from a play-by-play perspective, um, going into that rink, it's one of the best. Uh, aside from the fact, I believe there's a giant beam that blocks my view in the zone to my left. <laughs> that I have to, for some reason, I don't understand why we're in the booth, but I love the fact we're there anyway. So that would but be the Saber zone in the first and third. There's a giant, yeah, there's you. a giant beam that I have to duck under to look at what's going on on the ice. So um, I'm just saying, I'm not oh, complaining. Wow. It's it's funny. It's I love it's Winnipeg. Funny. I'll tell you this: yeah. anybody that complains about Winnipeg, and yes, it is cold at uh, you know in the city in the winter, but I love Winnipeg. They got great fans, and uh, it's always fun to go in there. You ever go? You're a bit of a fisherman, aren't you? No, I'm a golfer. No, neither am I. I, I. I fish. I go on the, you know, fish a little bit here. But yeah. um, you know what? Hold that thought. I don't know what your question was going to be, but we got to be about things to do in the summer. Yeah, in Winnipeg, what would you do? You go out and fish. They got tons of lake out there, so they do have a lot of lakes out there. I'm sure Dylan Cousins would love that. Maybe we'll talk a little Cousins and Paterka when we come back, Dan, because we'll have about a minute to fill before One Bills Live. So yeah, let's uh, let's take a break here on Sabers Live, and uh, when we come back, 
best and worst of the weekend. Maybe a little Dylan Cousins, JJ Paterka, Dan, and uh, we'll see what we got here. We'll be back Let's in just it. a few minutes. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.